You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with Envy and Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. You see, it, the second half of the word marionette is Annette, which is the name of the marionette child and the name of the movie. Welcome to Podzilla, King of the Casters. I'm your host, M.B. Nightingale. Oh, now I get Annette. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper's lying down like the king he is. Oh, here you go. You drop this. Just put a tiny little crown on his head. Mm, indeed. We, you know, that bit would be weird whether he were a dog or not, <laughs> but he is a dog for the record. Yes. So, today we're here to talk about 2010's Death Kappa, recommended by a uh, fan of the podcast, Jared. Well, I don't know if he's a fan. He sent us an email, so I'm leaning that way. But what if a guy who just fucking hated us was like, <laughs> watch this! <laughs> Honestly, with this movie, it kind of makes sense. I mean... We'd watch it. it yeah, we would. Like, we like, did watch hey, it. Hey, everybody. Send us hate films. <laughs> yeah. Send us hate kaijus. <laughs> I'd rather have hate kaiju. I'd rather have a bunch of hate kaijus than no kaijus sent But movies. First, folks, we've got unfinished business. Yeah, We got to resolve the Annette arc. Yes. My obsession with... And love for the film Annette that just came out, which I have now seen three times. Uh, so, I'd before the Clifford episode in just normal day-to-day -day life, I had talked Brandon into watching Annette. And then, he hadn't yet, but then we watched Clifford for the, for the Clifford episode, which I heavily recommended and I love. <laughs> and Brandon's faith in me was so shaken that he'd no longer want to see Annette. He was like, <laughs> I don't think this will be good now. <laughs> after after he said, yeah, you'll love Clifford. It's like a dark comedy. And I saw it and I was like, this is terrible. And then you're like, R the, right before we watched it, you'd also like Annette. It's like this. It's a dark comedy. Yeah, and it's... I was like, oh, but no. eventually, last night I got Brandon to finally uh, to to watch Annette. I I broke him down uh, yeah. on the stipulation that if it was once again <laughs> just a completely horrible time for Brandon that he did not like, I would never get to recommend a movie ever again. <laughs> I would lose that privilege. Mm. Mm. And Brandon has kept me in suspense since watching it till recording this episode to find out whether or not I lost movie recommendation <laughs> privileges. I told I told I told him while we were watching, I was like, Noel, I was like I was, I was like, what do you think it's so far? And I'm like, I'm gonna save it. <laughs> I'm gonna let I'm gonna wait. So now the moment has come. To know what you thought of Annette. Here we go. So keep in mind, Annette, I would think... Oh, I need to do a little more table dressing. Okay, cause... yes. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. movie finished, and he and Bren's just staring at the screen afterwards like the poltergeist child. <laughs> and I'm like, 
having a hard time deciding whether you liked it or not. And Brandon just goes, no, I have very definitive thoughts. Then he got <laughs> up and went to bed. <laughs> he didn't say any, he didn't say goodnight. He just got up and went to bed. <laughs> For the, I did spend the night last night on his couch, but... <laughs> Yeah. So that's why it would be even weirder if I wasn't spending the night and you just yeah, to leave. went to yeah. but Good night, Nolan. <laughs> you can see yourself out tonight. So now, again, the moment of truth. Okay. So I will say that this is a... Going into this... I knew that people, it was kind of a situation where people either really digged it or they really did not. It's the exact, stars. the stars on Amazon Prime is exactly half of the available stars, 2.5. And that is because you either get on board real quick with a net or you it loses ya. It's a fucking alienating weirdo movie for strange movie pervs like me. <laughs> and I thought until the Clifford episode, Brandon. But and then your faith was shaken. Your faith was shaken. So yeah. Nolan. Yeah. And that's really fucking good. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I've been so scared. <laughs> I had to. I had to do it. It was. I got invested about a third of the way through, and when you asked how you feel about it, I was gonna say, "Yeah, I really like it," and I was like, "Wait, <laughs> I need to pull this out a little bit." He. He's not getting off the Clifford hook that easily. <laughs> so, um, I had a very enjoyable time with this film. I will say that this is about as art house as I can get. Any and further and it would lose you. <laughs> any further. If there was like one more weird thing about like the marionette is a puppet oh and adam driver is stop motion animated like like one more weird element like that the entire I, cast are spinning plates and one more plate and the whole thing comes toppling down basically yes and there were moments where i was like is this going to lose me and it got close but it didn't and it kept me interested because i feel like what was the closest moment to losing you the songs where they just repeat the same thing like 15 times like we love each other so much the sex that wasn't scene the one. song that oh. wasn't the one it was uh it was oh my goodness it was a I can't remember the time. It's gotta be one of the ones I really like and have been singing since, isn't it? It's gonna be one of those where it's like, it almost lost me when I realized like the opera singer and it's like, no, they're like going into like the opera-ness yeah. of like it. And I was like, oh no. Like the, there's a few moments where I'm like, is this gonna go, is this gonna go full blown artsy fartsy on me? <laughs> is it gonna do it like, when you said, oh, it's a theatrical kind of movie, I was like, is this whole thing on a stage? 
and the first like after the open the prologue scene where they're starting the movie where like literally you see the director and the musicians and the actors all prepping to start the movie as they sing a song honestly like after that's a really good open (laughs) yes that opening convinced me i'm like okay this is probably gonna be good like that's that's how i was in the theater the first time i saw it like i just had the biggest smile on my face the second from when adam driver and marion cotillard uh joined the group of singers in that just this beautiful one shot it's a very good opener and the movie is very long and i wonder if my enjoyment was improved a bit by us taking a break like halfway in to like go walk, uh, you know, go walk the producer. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> which it makes sense because, again, a- as I've told you, it was originally conceived as a stage show. Mm. And where we paused very, very clearly, if this were a stage show, would be where the intermission yeah. went. Like, it, it's not like a lot of movie musicals where they kind of because they're you know they're not for the stage they don't really ever have like an intermission moment mm. this has a very clear moment of okay this is a little over halfway through this is the end of one arc but setting up a second arc and we have a long fade to black with like five seconds of black before yeah. we go into the second half. Yeah, and like, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this movie. I feel like it was right, right on that edge of like, this is too much for me. And I was like, okay, I can handle it. I think I was worried a couple times when like, there would be something and, and then you, you like, went, you know, like lean over to me and you're like, yeah, I think this is a metaphor for this and that. And I'm like. I, I really hope that Noel doesn't have to explain to me what's going on. <laughs> and I get that. That's not where I was coming from during those. That was like my, this weird movie that's clearly asking you to try and interpret it yeah. after, on my third viewing of seeing all this yeah. stuff. Well, it yeah. wasn't a, oh, Nolan, why are you talking to this movie? It's more of a, yeah. I really hope that Nolan doesn't have to explain to me what's going on for me to understand this. And um, I think it was a really fun time. I think that I definitively get why if you don't, if you're not sold within like the first opera performance thing, like yeah. the first opera part, if you, if you, if you get lost there, you're not coming back. Yeah. Like it's, it doesn't really loop. I would say it wouldn't really rope you back in if that's yeah. really when you lose it. Like it's, it's fully commits to it. And it's like, you got to kind of accept that. I'd like you got to kind of be good with it. See, for me, I'd say the two moments it most, it most risks losing its audience is the sex scene first. You told me about that though. So it was more like I didn't really. Yeah, it's because it's very graphic. And there's never really anything else like it in the movie. <laughs> no, not really. And so that, and then when everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite a, a new character come b- makes her grand entrance on screen when Baby Annette. <laughs> Baby Annette, great. So, anyways, um, you know we don't talk about too long about Annette, but yeah. it's a good movie. It is definitely not um, very much like a kaiju film. 
So I feel like um, you have to really be into the uh, more on the Nolan yeah, side of yeah, things. Yeah, this is not. This is. Not something. If you, it, if you like King of the Monsters, we'd recommend him. <laughs> like, like no, 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 no. But um, it was it was an arc on this podcast, and we had to close it by Annette. Yeah, it's pretty good. But you gotta like if if you, I would say you could try watching it. And if you if you watch like the first opera thing, and you just are completely lost and you don't want to watch it, you can stop. Like, yeah, that's like, fair. I like you don't. It's not really going to get you back if. That's really where you get lost. Or, like, where the film disconnects with you. Do you want to make a net gritty? <laughs> That's mostly a joke, but also I do love the idea of a marionette uh, version uh, of a baby Annette playing Millie Bobby Brown's character in any Godzilla film. She's just a puppet of her paley, of her fucking, of her wolf and <laughs> Of her wolf parents. and whale. Yeah. <laughs> She's a puppet. Screw Sigma and Alpha males. Are you a wolf dad or a whale mom? <laughs> Welcome to 2022, baby. Okay, so. Anyways. Uh, all right. So okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stuff all that in that into a big old box and and put it in the corner because it's it's done. The arc is complete. But, I'm setting the box on fire. Yeah. Annette is a guest star in this episode, though. She's not talkative because she's a baby, but she is uh, she is here the whole time. She's guesting. Yep. So, it's the biggest star we've ever been able to get. <laughs> it's a shame it's not a visual medium. It really makes it difficult. So, anyways, uh, enough about Annette. We are here... To talk about a film that was recommended to us or sent to us on our King of the Casters at gmail.com. Send us movie requests. We will do them. Yeah. That'd be kaiju based though. That's like an overall thing. But honestly, if you guys get one over on us and trick us, <laughs> we deserve to do the episode. We talked about this a couple of times with Dev Kappa mm. for reasons that we'll get into later. Mm. Okay, we'll get into them now. Yes. Death Kappa comes dangerously close to looking like a porno multiple times. <laughs> Without a single sex act performed within the movie, you're watching this and it's like, uh, is this the intro? Is this the too long intro to a very cheap, weird porn movie? <laughs> Honestly, if they'd recommended that, that'd be kind of amazing. <laughs> uh, we would. <laughs> it was not the worst part. Was we couldn't even tell it was not rated. It's NR. By the way, yeah. um, I guess Death Kappa, you can find it on like we had to buy it on Amazon. Yeah, we bought it we on had Amazon. We had to buy this with money. We don't recommend you buy it no. on Amazon. It's not good. We we'll, enjoyed we'll ourselves. That. We'll start with but that. But it's not good. All right. So do we want to? I guess just get into our. Yeah, our, what do we think thoughts. about the movie before the, the plot? But I'll start. Nolan, what do you feel about Death Kappa? Death Kappa's really bad. It's enjoyable. I mean, not in like a way normal people would enjoy it, <laughs> but in the way where like Brandon and I, who for years have had a tradition of watching horrible movies and making fun of them with each other, uh, uh, movies like The Room. I did. I don't think we ever did. Um, we ever watched the Bird one. 
No, no. But what I'm talking one. about is <laughs> we're talking about the bird one, and we're talking about like Atop the, the other wall one. The movie. The <laughs> we we watched Linkara's movie, and we made fun of it. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast. Wait, we don't know what his name. What if Linkara's Jared Fine? Do you know what Linkara's name is definitively? I thought it was Linkara. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Burn that Linkara bridge. But like, when Linkara is listening to us rag on his movie, he's gonna start, he's gonna start slapping his stomach so hard it goes pink. <laughs> this is why my parents don't think I'm funny on the podcast. You cut out all my good jokes. <laughs> I cut out all the bits where you just throw fire around. <laughs> You're like a toddler with a fucking torch. <laughs> Alright, but yeah, Death Kappa's bad. Death Kappa is not a good movie. I would recommend it. You would recommend it. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to say that at some point, but um, it made me it made me nostalgic, but not for good things. Yeah, for like it. We talked about this, and it felt like I don't know if this is this is an experience I had, and apparently Brandon also had. So I think probably yeah, people grew up as young boys our age in a in our generation. Pro- this feels like it's probably a universal experience of like your first horror movies being the really shitty made for TV sci-fi original horror movies uh yeah that they play like yeah i guess it like what, prehistoric shark versus giant octopus stuff like that yeah from like the yeah. mid 2000s where it's like it's bad cg not yeah. fun not good acting some of that but like, and it, it I felt feel like, like Death Kappa nostalgic for has it. a little bit more than that, though. Does it? Like, I can tell the movie is having fun with itself, though. Okay, but like, so are the Sharknado movies. And the Sharknado movies are exactly what we're describing <laughs> right now. Literally. Like, like sci-fi literally, original movies. Like, literally, Grandpa, like, bones in a chair and it's like oh, i'm making fish people I, it's, like so i don't i think i feel like it's really close to being self-aware of itself it's self-aware well, not, but it's the, not doing anything interesting with the self-awareness i think like it's mm. not like where mel brooks makes something purposefully shitty in one of his movies and it's all a part of a greater joke commentary on something. Dead Grandpa is not the equivalent of the cowboy fight breaking through the walls into another movie set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I feel like that's kind of the vibe I got for some of it, where I felt like if it wanted to be like a parody thing, just go all the way. Just yeah. really balls to the wall on it. Because like, there were moments that I thought were really funny. Some of them with the film, some of them at the film. Yeah. So, I I think, yeah, I think that, would we have watched this if this was not recommended? Probably not. No. But I will say, who is it, Jackson? Jared. 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 Thank you. Some, thank You're, you for this. Is gonna, this. I think this is going to be an enjoyable episode. 
because you gave us such a bad movie. Yeah. You, you do not lose privileges to... Uh, it's this, I would say it's was, an enjoyable one that there's a good amount to talk about, I think. Did you like this more than Clifford? Yes. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I had one win, and I got all Icarus and decided to fly too close to the sun. No, you're not going to get me to retroactively like Clifford. <laughs> I know, but I could, like, damage control it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's now lionized in my mind as the I worst could... film we've covered on the podcast. I am going to make <laughs> Clifford... The Rudy Giuliani of this podcast did a really shitty time for you when it was actually happening, but then somehow, in the aftermath of the disaster, has become a hero. (laughs) I'm gonna Rudy this shit. He's become a villain again, Nolan. Okay, but we're not gonna be doing this podcast in 20 years' time (laughs) when that turnaround happens. (laughs) I got 20 years of making you like Clifford. <laughs> it's my own help. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Death Kappa, I think this would be an enjoyable episode. There's lots of fun, lots of fun stuff. So, have you seen that, uh, that video online where, of the, uh, that lawyer YouTube channel who did a series talking about why Giuliani was being disbarred? And, like, going in-depth about all the laws he broke and why this was the best choice. Who then, for his million subscriber special, splurged on getting a cameo of Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) Talking about how much he loved the channel. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. That's very good. I think I remember... Legal Eagle, I think, is the guy. Yeah, that's it. I think I watch his stuff occasionally. It's like, this is interesting. But, um... Okay, so... I fell off a legal eagle now that he mostly does like those those minute long quick questions. Like I I enjoy his long stuff, but it's just like such a flood of content with like five minute long things a week mm. where it's like it it gets washed out for me now. Yeah, I guess I don't I don't even pay attention to those ones. I just check yeah. my subscription fees cuz he got a TikTok. No one over 25 should get a TikTok. We're two years away. <laughs> We're almost there. Listen, We're almost free, Nolan. So anyways, uh, so that's my thoughts about Death Kappa. I thought it had some fun laughs. Overall, your thoughts? My thoughts on Death Kappa would be like a Lovecraft protagonist trying to describe the monster. <laughs> It doesn't make sense, and it's deeply unsettling. It was a fever dream to watch. Well, it was a fever dream production, you could say. That is literally the name of the production company, and it's not false advertising. It is not. So, that's the first thing we see in the movie. What happens after that first part? For the record, folks, we discussed this beforehand. There's not much what that monster to... And it kind of would spoil some of the bonkers plot before we get to go into it. So, we're doing the plot synopsis first, and then Brandon can talk about the craft (laughs) of those monsters. Oh my goodness. Yep. So, we get the logos, including Fever Dream Production. And then, we get like a, what felt 
very much like the criminologist in Rocky Horror Picture Show. The uh, just like a narrator in an office talking about this horrific event that happened. And his back's to us, and his name is like some. It, it's a Japanese name, Professor something. Uh, and then he turns around, and he's a white guy. <laughs> and that's the first joke of the movie. Yeah. And then, uh, failed pop star get, comes to her hometown. Mm. Her grandmother is bringing up. Uh, cucumbers to meet her on the road and foxy grandma yeah (laughs) grandma's keeping it it's clearly like a a woman in her early 40s who they put some gray streaks through her hair it's not she's not an age-appropriate actress (laughs) for the role of a grandma of a mid-20 something yeah uh but uh but which is why we thought she was her mother at first uh but so anyway she's doing uh Doing her thing. Uh, oh yeah, the grandma is bringing cucumbers up to to the uh, their shrine of a kappa, which is a in Japanese folklore a water spe- uh, a water spirit goblin thingy, uh, mm, like a turtle. Yeah, like a kind of a frog turtle. It's kind of a Danny DeVito, <laughs> but it's a big old plate on its head. Yeah, uh, who. And she's bringing cucumbers up because they love cucumbers. And when a bunch of rowdy teenagers in a Volkswagen run her over in an in a <laughs> hilarious sequence. It's so good because, like, as you're seeing her on the train, you see these, like, drunk, rowdy teens yeah. driving. And it, like, cuts back between them. And you're like, are they going to hit the train or something? And they don't. And, like, a couple scenes, like, another, like, scene goes by without seeing them. And then all of a sudden, like, right as, like, the the woman like the failed pop star sees her grandma is trying to walk towards her the red teens woo and like keep in mind her grandma is not even like in the middle of the road she's like on like the path like and they just smack and like this terrible puppet just flies on screen wearing your clothes it's great it's not even a pup it's a close-up of a tube with her clothing on it. It's so good. It's... But yeah, so she dies. The teens get away. And then the teens, for fun, run into the Kappa Shrine, sending it off of a cliff and into the water where it comes to life. Mm. And that's nowhere near the weirdest part of this movie. Nope. The teens... Are then after that they're partying, uh, on the beach that night, when oh you're waving your hands like you just don't care. What what? Okay, on they, the beach partying, they're attacked by mysterious monsters. Two of them are killed. One of them being ripped to pieces, like his head is ripped off of him. And yet we still see his hand, like, (laughs) wiggling and, like, help me! (laughs) Don't worry, I got you. You'll be okay. And, uh, but... Then the survivors, the two girls, are, uh, caught by two secret government agent types in... Wait, I gotta give this line. So, this one... This one woman, uh, wow... 
in the lead up to the attack, she's like singing Kappa, 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 Kappa. Then during the attack, she's screaming at Kappa, Kappa, Kappa. And yeah. then when she runs into the government figures who at first she thinks are there to help, she says, Call the Coppas. <laughs> Yeah, so there, both women are sedated and brought into a mysterious cave. Yep. Uh, then, so, we'll get back to them. Uh, yeah. Then, uh, we get some shenanigans. Because the living Kappa meets up with the failed pop star and some of her friends, and they just, they vibe. <laughs> they, the Kappa likes her music and dances to it. And they're all vibing in a party. Uh, Keep in mind, the Kappa is like normal human size. Yeah, at this point, it's not a kaiju. It is... It's the height of Brandon, I'd say. Maybe shorter. It's a, Yeah, it's about six feet. Or it's like, it's about like a normal, like larger, a little bit larger person size. But like, you know, it's dancing around, it's happy. Uh, she's playing her music to the Kappa, and the Kappa's like, Oh, yeah, I can vibe to this. Yeah. Like, and that's how it's introduced... After, like, ten minutes of that... It's, like, sunny day, and they're, like, playing, like, it's tag. It's a long montage. It, it yeah. is. Uh, at, but it's abruptly stopped with the shady government people capturing the Kappa, and the and the pop star tries to stop it, but a mysterious, evil, sexy lady, uh, as they often do, comes in to cause trouble. Dang. And she... And also, she sedates her. Hmm. And here's where things get bug nuts, folks. <laughs> here's where the plot starts. <laughs> this is where... This is when it starts being that we were very worried it was going to become a porn. So, cuts to the a dungeon. A yeah. scientific dungeon. Where she is... Where our main character, she's tied up on a rack. Hanged on the wall in the rack. And the lighting is very soft. Yeah. Or harsh. I don't know lighting. I don't know which like, is. it. Yeah. Kind of has a similar Just lighting. imagine any porn parody <laughs> you've seen a gif of on Twitter making fun of it. And it is literally that aesthetic. <laughs> it is just that aesthetic. Yeah. I can't describe it. I don't have the lighting technical know-how to describe it. But it just looks like that. Yep. And it keeps getting worse as things get weirdly kinkier. Yeah, like the first thing she sees is like this decrepit old man who's like a corpse. Yeah, it's a corpse rolling. in a wheelchair that they've just been, who found at the project, and the mysterious sexy evil ladies, her grand, is the granddaughter of, mm. of this man. Yes. And she just keeps him around as a prop for speeches i guess i guess well for something else but we'll talk about that uh, uh, yeah. no so um but uh so yeah so then the so project she does, starts describing how the project was during world war Two to make evil fishmen uh that could destroy america but the japanese government was like that's too cruel we won't do that but then he made them anyways with their group of imperialist fascists, uh, Japanese uh, soldiers, uh, secret police, and led 
by a man who comes in with a riding crop that he's just smacking <laughs> on his hand to add to the kinkiness. Who is actually very notable, uh, and I for for Brandon. Yes. So this is a crazy one. So in the middle, the middle guy is with the riding crop. Yeah, with the riding crop is Hideyoko Ano, where he is a very famous person. Oh shit! Not only that. Oh my goodness. Okay, so he was a director for Evangelion 1.0. You are not alone director and writer he did the wind rises in 2013 he was the director of that yes i thought or, miyazaki directed it let's see he is the director he's been married it says right here that he is in the wind rises 2013 on imdb i wonder if that's a co-director let it me could look have been, that up because you know very professional but yeah yes Miyazaki's so, getting up there so it would make sense if he had co-directors yes yeah, so interestingly enough he is also the director and writer for shin godzilla so like this guy is a pretty big famous director guy within like kaiju anime circles yeah and i think did he also did he also just do evangelion i think so i think he just straight up just did evangelion okay so it's not that he didn't direct or write uh the wind rises in the je- original Japanese dub, he is he is the the main character. He is the wind. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. he's he's the wind. He, he's the he's Jiro Horik Horikoshi in it. But yeah, this guy he did Evangelion. Yeah, okay. That's his best known work. Which it's a mecha series, so it's not within the scope of our podcast for now. But. I don't like that for now. But, okay, so yeah, so but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so very famous guy. They're in there. And very famous cameo. The fishmen come in, and are being shown, but then the fish women come in. Bouchka bow wow. And this is again moment number four of. This is about to turn into a porno for us because keep... they're let in in. Chains. In chains and bikinis. And the thing is, the guy fishmen are... Very... Fishmen, like... Yeah, inhuman. Looking. Yeah, funnily enough, right when the movie started, I made... There's, like, a scene where she's coming... The failed pop act, actor is, like, walking around her town, and she just sees a few people that, like, have, like, deformities. They're kind of, like, different, like, kind of weird. Yeah, that's never explained. That is never explained. I no. forgot about it, honestly. Yeah. It doesn't even rank in no. weird shit. But, like, when I first saw that, I was like, is this, like, a shatter over Innsmouth situation? Yeah. Exact words. I did not know there was going to be fish people in this. So, the, anyways, the fish men are literally, like, giant fucking, like, Lovecraftian creatures. Yeah, but the but fish like, women are just sexy women, but they've got gills on them. Yeah. Uh, and then... But then the evil sexy lady reveals that the plan mm-hmm. is to turn the pop star into a into a fish woman as well. I don't know why she got a monologue. Did all of them get the monologue then? Did the other two both get a monologue? <laughs> it's like know. it's not like she was like there was like a personal grudge 
between the two characters. So, <laughs> so are you saying that not only do these girls have to suffer being a fi- be turned to a fish person, they, they had to hear this like they three had times, be, and they had to be worried that like guys, uh, I know that we're being tortured, but like I'm really worried. Is this about to turn into a softcore <laughs> porn? <laughs> I, it threatened to, and then. It, so, uh, oh, okay. Nolan, I I would wonder, how would you think you would turn someone into a half-fish person? I would... I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be it electricity. Wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't just shock them. <laughs> so it's like, time to turn you into a fish person. And she just pulls, like, a fucking lever, and it's just lightning starts shooting. <laughs> I don't know how to turn someone into a fish person, but it's not that. Exactly. I do, however... Due to a particular horror movie, know how to turn someone into a walrus. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yep. God, Tusk is so dumb. But that's beside the point, and this episode's gonna be long already. Yeah. So. so, um, anyways, so the whole thing is she is getting electrocuted, and then right before the the procedure starts to get going for real, Kappa bursts in from the 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 ceiling and starts kickbox fighting. The other, uh, the other goons. Yeah, we don't know how the Kappa escaped. But yeah, the Kappa readily beats the goons. Uh, and then the fish monster come in. And they're giving... The Kappa's still pretty much winged, but they're giving a better fight. And our hero, she escapes and uses a samurai sword to cut the panel controlling the fishmen in half, killing them. But then... Evil sexy scientist lady opens up her scientist coat and she's wearing lingerie under it and she's got a machine gun. Again, we're like, please, no sex thing. Please, no sex thing. <laughs> and she, so she, she's shooting the whole place up in the midst of the battle's wind down, though, after she runs out of bullets. We gotta talk about this now. <laughs> We've been putting this one off, but yeah. She goes up to her grandfather's dead corpse and she makes out with the skull. Gives him a big old smooch. It's a full on make out. <laughs> so it's incestuous necrophilia. Woo! Yeah, that happened. That happened. Yeah. And then she blew everybody up. Yeah, then she, uh,. <laughs> she presses a button that's an atomic bomb <laughs> and it and blows like, up the entire facility wait, wait wait so a theme when they bring up is like ah oh, d- d- Japan is too emasculated we gotta get our fangs back that's why we're doing the fish people so then she's losing the fight and she's like and she's, and there's just this big button nearby kind of phallic shaped like the the thing. Oh yeah, she she's like licking it. Yeah, like real real uh real uh stuff. And, and then, then she the guys just go no don't touch that that's the atomic bomb that'll blow up the base. <laughs> and she blows up the base and everyone inside and the surrounding town it says. Yeah. Uh, so the entire cast we've known up to this point is dead. This is halfway into the movie. 
Yes. <laughs> We're at the halfway point when this happens. Is at this point that I think we should go to commercial before explaining the second half. Yeah. Just like, um, yeah, so Nolan, uh, can you just hit that atomic bomb button over there that will destroy um, our setup equipment and the the entire Okay, the but whole I'm going to deep throat it first. Okay, just make sure to do that first. Real yeah. gently. Yeah. See you in a minute! <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of money to buy a 1970 Ambassador. It just looks like it does. And we're back from our break. That was really a great commercial you found, Brandon. The best we've ever had, I think. <laughs> just so fitting for this movie and i really can't believe you found it it was quite a hard find i can't believe that they got to nero for that commercial <laughs> it's really gonna limit it down <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um we're back and we last part before the intermission, we discussed the first half of Death Kappa, and now it's but now it's time to talk about the second half. Yeah. In which we cut to Tokyo? Is it? It's a city. Okay. Uh, so, I know more cities in Japan than Tokyo, I swear. Kyoto. Uh, I think that's the one. Ottawa. Yeah. That's Canada. Osaka, I meant Osaka. <laughs> I'm in Osaka. Ottawa, Japan. <laughs> you watched the new anime, eh? <laughs> oh no. So, um, okay. the second half, cut to Tokyo. Suddenly, big fish monster. Not at all related to anything. Actually, it is. Really? I had I read on the fucking Wikipedia. That I guess it's supposed to be all the fish people combined. They do not make that clear. There's not a single line of dialogue or visual that would make you think that. Yeah. There's no design similarity between the ripoff of Godzilla and the and the Fishmen. Yeah, nothing. It's just so yeah, so they it's attacking Japan. It just does that for like what feels like the next 30 minutes of the movie. And, like, I know it can't be that long because of the length of the movie, but it felt like just a half hour of just the monster destroy killing people with bad special effects and then getting scenes of a... I'm sorry, the producer was digging in something. Brandon was grabbing him out of whatever he was digging into. Uh, but yeah, so it feels like just 30 fucking minutes of just the monster destroying stuff, and that's when it started to lose Brandon, I know. It's definitely when I start checking my phone a lot more. We both were checking our phone for about 15 minutes of this happening. Like, yeah. 
It was. I could tell we're both looking at like, all right, yeah, he's gonna. Because the thing is, the kai. It's really funny. Like, for me, for this part, the kaiju part is the worst part. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just boring. Like, it doesn't feel exciting. The monster. Because keep in mind, when you talk about like killing people with bad special effects, he doesn't really destroy many buildings. Yeah. He just kind of wanders around the street and like, oh, I'm gonna I find a person. Munch. Yeah. Crush with the foot. Like, there isn't like exciting like, oh, he's breaking buildings and fun like miniature, you know, cracking and explosions and stuff. Like, there's a few funny times where like they're trying to, the military's trying to get the nerve to shoot at the thing and they're too scared. But like yeah. other than that, it just kind of keeps going, and I'm like. I, at this point, we didn't even know that the thing was supposed to be the Fishmen combined, and I'm like, what the fuck even is this thing? You know what movie had better uh, monster destruction in it? What? Godzilla 98. You're correct. Yes. Godzilla 1998 has better kaiju destruction. And I know we said in our <laughs> way back in episode two that the kaiju stuff was our least favorite part of Godzilla 98. I still had more fun with but that. But it was still better than the best parts of the Kappa. More, more like the... Yeah, overall, I guess. But I never thought Matthew Broderick would take his schlong out. <laughs> and that might be a negative, actually. But... <laughs> now, that's a joke, everyone. But, like, for all the sexual tension between Matthew Broderick and apparently every woman on Earth in that movie... <laughs> Never felt like a softcore porn, so it had that going for it. It did not. So, death. Yeah, so it's just boring. It, it isn't really interesting. The monster runs and walks around. What's it called again? Okay, I that was what I was trying to find. I was like, what am I checking my the phone? The Dingus? <laughs> not too far off, I think. It's like Hang Yolis. Hang Yolis. Yeah, and the design is fine. Like, it's like a big fish monster with, like, a big old finned tail, and, like, it looks pretty good, but it's just kind of doesn't do much things interesting. But anyways, yeah, so looks like all hope is lost when a giant Kappa, our Kappa, who has survived the explosion and become aim-radiated and huge from it, Mm. joins the fight and readily defeats it it's a very short sequence of just punches it a couple of times uh makes some nunchucks out of uh out of smokestacks uh yeah throws buildings at it and then when the hyanola then when the among us uh <laughs> the among us yes then when the big chungus uh it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, so when Big Chungus, uh, just, uh, tries to fire at our Kappa, mm. the Kappa literally pushes it away with his hands and keeps walking forward until the fire goes inside of the, of Big Chungus and blows him up. That's the death of Big Chungus. And the military celebrating like, yay! We did it! The monster's dead! And then Kappa is actually the Death Kappa. And starts destroying the city much more efficiently. (laughs) And sets fire to Mount Fuji. 
Eric, he may be worse, but he gets results. <laughs> yeah. And then... Just destroying way more of the city. Way better. Then... Your favorite scene. You know. <laughs> then the, uh, the military's like, why, why did he turn evil? And then breaking the fourth wall, <laughs> walking into the military compound, the professor... Who we haven't, well, we've seen, we saw him like three times in the first half. He was the narrator in a way. Like you would cut back to him and he would sort of narrate Actually, we we had seen him a couple. We have seen, we see him throughout. He enters the narrative out of nowhere and says, the Kappa has become the death Kappa because no one believed in unconfirmed monsters. (laughs) And that's apparently the moral of the story (laughs) is that we should all believe in Bigfoot. Damn. Spitting facts. And then, I thought it was going to end there. I swear, I thought it was going to end there. Me too. I was like, it's a short movie. It's only like 80 minutes. It would have been so funny. But then, somehow, the pop star has returned. (laughs) The dead speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, keep in mind, they have been exploded by a nuclear bomb. Kaboom! They were like two, what, two feet away from that thing? Yeah. I guess the 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 singer is fine. Yeah, and so she sings her song, and it gets the Death Kappa to turn back to normal Kappa. Yeah. And it uh, and the normal Kappa goes back to the ocean and swims away forever, while. All of the townspeople, who again, were exploded. (laughs) Homes destroyed. Livelihoods ruined. Wave the cap, wave goodbye to the kappa. And cheer and clap. And we get a the end? Question mark? Bum bum bum. And so, that is the plot of this movie. It's fucking yep. ridiculous. Yep. The monsters do a lot, and it doesn't make much sense. <laughs> I was gonna... I was using that as a segue into your segment, but then I remembered I wanted to talk about how weird the editing in this movie was. But then I remembered. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Everything is bad. I don't have to talk about how they didn't honor the axis of the scenes. <laughs> so, but what the fuck do the monsters do, Brandon? There's Death Kappa themselves. Yeah. Death Kappa is a Kappa. So it's like a Japanese kind of folklore creature. Where Death Kappa's got like... I think I described it pretty well. Imagine like a turtle and a frog mixed together but look at a person. Where, you know, they have webbed feet and toes. Humanoid shape, you know, bipedal. Kind of hunched over a bit because they have a turtle shell on their back. You know, they have a turtle shell... Kind of a frog, mix of like a frog and a turtle-like beak on them. Beady eyes, hair. They do have hair like around their heads, but it's actually like a plate on the top of it. And I guess that is their weak spot. So the cap in this movie is green. (laughs) He's reaching. Yeah, the producer is eating peanut butter right out of the, uh, right out of the, the jar. And it's like, it's down there. It is like... (laughs) 
Yeah. When the jar is nearly done, I just give him the rest of it to clean it out. But he, like, his tongue is so long. I know. It's like a hummingbird. (laughs) How is this possible? (laughs) It just keeps going, folks. I'm like... Marvel. It's cosmic horror. <laughs> it's more cosmic horror. It's so it, it, we're Lovecraft protagonists. We can't describe it. It's too horrific. <laughs> <laughs> so the Death Kappa, though, um, you know, dark green, uh, dark green and light green mixed throughout, but black hair. Oh, I don't like that face he's making. I really don't like that face he's making. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's got the, he's got like weird beady eyes that are like not facing straight like they kind of just look like they're facing more like on the sides yeah he's got two lazy eyes yeah he's more like a docile look to his eyes it's kind of weird it brought me great joy to see it (laughs) yeah i thought it was funny but like the yeah so the cap looks like that and they start out about like i said about six feet tall and they get nuclear bombed and i guess they just get bigger and stronger and they get to be big yeah I just think that they should have said something about the fishmen turning into that thing. Yeah, they definitely should have. There's nothing. It just shows up. Or like, I'm like, what the fuck even is this thing? So that happened. And then uh, the other monster, of course, uh, no one called them Big Chungus, which is fine. We're not going to talk about this monster ever again. Big, big Chungus. A Chungus so big. Big, uh, big Chungus. Oh, it hurt. <laughs> so, um... This creature, you know, kind of extension on the fish monster. He's kind of blue and yellow. He's got uh, big scales running, you know, big old fins running down his spine. And big thick legs, like big like trunk, fucking tree trunks, smaller arms. A detachable tail, it seemed like. Kind of like a newt. Was it detachable or was it just got ripped off but the... But the filmmakers were bad. <laughs> it could have been, but, like, I feel like it was too easy to where, okay. like, you know, like, with the new, it's, like, if it's, like, God's tail stuck or, like, it's being threatened, it just drops the tail. Yeah. I feel like it was more of that situation. But, like, yeah, it can lose its tail fairly easily, but it's got a big, big tail with, like, kind of, like, a, like a whale fin in the bottom, but it's fins instead. You know, um, sharp hu- teeth. if humans could do that. The rock climber guy could have saved 126 and a half hours. <laughs> he just popped, he's able to just pop his arm out. It's how it ended anyways. <laughs> just try for half an hour, realize this is fruitless, and just be like, poop, and walk away. Gone. Throw back. Deadpool rules. It was a little baby hand for a bit. So, yeah, so the monster's blue with yellow highlights and kind of red on the face a bit. Yeah. Breathes fire, which didn't look great, uh, but a fun monster suit. I will say that the suits look pretty fun Yeah. in both features. So that part was nice, but uh, not super. I think the Kappa was definitely more memorable. Yeah. Like, definitely. if I see that thing again, I'll be like, yeah, I know that thing. But, like, yeah, the monster was more of a the Ch- villain. Chungus was not as... Yeah. Like, you could just plot that thing in anywhere, really. Alright, so... But yeah. Do you have any other monster stuff you want to talk about? Um, there isn't that much. It's kind of weird. It's kind of... You know, the cap is a folklore creature. Yeah. So it kind of feels weird. It'd be kind of like if, like, a like some Japanese people were reviewing, like, a, like a Bigfoot movie. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like some of the cultural context we don't have. That's fair. Like about like the plate. Yeah. Because I remember knowing you brought up like, oh, I thought the plate would be like you know like a hard head he has, but no, I guess that's fragile. Yeah. Like there's a whole scene in the movie. There's a whole moment in the movie where like she like breaks a plate. Isn't that right? Yeah, and it's like a psychic premonition that the kappa is in danger. Yeah. So it's yeah, but. Yeah, so that's the monsters of death, Kappa. And they're very frivolous, I'd say. Hmm. But is there a less frivolous version of them? A gritty version, one might say. Mm. Could we make these creatures gritty? I feel like we just want to do Kappa. Yeah, I don't care about Big Chung. I do care about Big Chungus, but I don't care <laughs> about Big Chungus about here. this creature. So, like... I have a, a pitch for Kappa in the Universal Monsterverse. All right. Kappa is... Legendary Monsterverse, by the way. Oh, sorry. Le- yeah, not the Universal. Ooh, it's it's Frankenstein. Frankenstein and, and the Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I think Death Kappa would be fun for a... He'd be one of the monsters that you would see in, like, the end of King of the Monsters when all the monsters show up. And I think what would be really sick is I want Death Kappa to be something where they live in, like, I don't know if Japan has swamps. Yeah. they Do they? I hope. I, they, they, well, with, they have with to. With a creature like the Kappa as part of their folklore, they got to have swamps. Yeah. But, like, yeah. So, like, I'd imagine that the Kappa would be, like, a monster, like, a, a medium-sized kaiju that hides in, like, a swamp. Yeah. And then, like, it's not, like, the main monster of a movie, but, like, it pops up, and then maybe it saves the heroes at the end or something. And, like, it's, like, this kind of, like, guardian spirit kind of thing, where, like, it's leaning away from, like, the more scientific stuff of the rest of the MonsterVerse. Yeah. More of, like, a... You know, it's a folklore creature. It'd be like, like, would you just make Bigfoot like a two hundred meter tall <laughs> creature in the MonsterVerse? I mean, it'd be sick. I kind of want yeah, it. You said that, and you saw that I would. <laughs> I would. 100%. The lights, like, yes, I would. So I see, I see Kappa being a folklore creature of like the swamps of Japan. Okay. That like maybe the people are like, oh, he's not real. He's not real. And then like you know, it's not even a. A specific monster movie, but then like you know, it's like you know a bunch of Japanese kids, and one gets picked on because oh he thinks the cap is real, but then like the cap saves them or something. All right, that makes sense. That's what I got. Well, here my radically different pitch. Go. So, as we've talked about multiple times in this episode, mm-hmm. Death Kappa always felt like it was real close to being a softcore porno. This has been Podzilla, King of the Casters. You can follow no. us on, uh, no. well, hear follow me us out. on Twitter at Podzilla <laughs> Hear me out. I will not be silent. <laughs> Nevertheless, I persisted. Yeah, you're real oppressed. We not, not allowing you to talk about your kaiju listen, fetish. Listen. The, How'd you feel when the they The brutes have had the stage for too long. How'd, Let the hornies take it over again. <laughs> How'd you feel when they kissed? Okay, the kiss was fun. 
All right, they so kissed in here's this movie. my here. they kissed in this I'm, movie. They I'm, like <laughs> they like bit each other's jaws, and it was basically just a kiss. Brandon, yeah. <laughs> so you can't incorporate the Death Kappa as a serious character in these movies. Yeah. What you can do is have. Milford Roberta Brown is going to college. No, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> and she knew Godzilla hijinks ensue. And she needs to get the, in, the input of like a fellow college student, a dude who knows a bit about Taiju. And she like goes into his room and he's like embarrassed and trying to shut down. But he's watching a kaiju porno on the screen oh. with, with Kappa and no. Big Chung is going at it. No. <laughs> it's just a one-off joke, everyone. We never see Kappa's penis. We're tasteful. <laughs> I don't think kaiju porn and tasteful are within the same sentence. Okay, not kaiju porn. A joke about kaiju porn. How much do you see? You just... It's, you hear the music and you see them making eyes and walking towards each other. <laughs> that's like... That's like the shut... Like, enough that the audience... That, like, the adults in the audience are like, oh, I get what's going on. <laughs> but the kids are like... Oh, monster! That's all. That's all, folks. Alright, that sounds good. So, um... Okay. So that is... This has been Death Kappa. Pretty, uh... I mean, there was a lot to talk about. This is a pretty... This is one of the longer episodes. But, um... You know. Some good. A lot of bad. But enjoyably bad. Yeah. Most of it. So. so give them our information, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, so you can follow us, as I was trying to trying to say. Uh, Twitter is at Podzillus, capital C. Uh, you can follow us there for updates and memes and such. And such. Um, we have our email where you can send us movie recommendations. Death Capital was a recommendation at uh, kingofthecasters at gmail.com. And you can follow us on, we have poster spot, we have our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, RSS.com, all those places. So that's about, um, that's about it. So join us next week when we talk about what I think may very, I have never seen it from what I'm seeing. I think it's going to be one of our new favorites. Godzilla, Godzilla versus Biollante, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Biollante, dope. Oh, 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 oh. See you next time, baby. Woo, woo.